We love you, Lord. Give King Jesus a shout of praise, would you? Woo! Hallelujah. And bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord and forget none of his benefits. Father, would you bless every campus this weekend? Would you move in anointing? God, we're going to talk about something so important, and it is your heart for us. But Father, without your, your favor, without you speaking life into us, we're going to miss what you have. So this weekend, we're believing God for an anointing on your life, for fresh wind. We're believing God for liberty and life. We're believing that God's going to make a way where there is no way. We believe God's going to make a way financially where you're up against a wall, where God's going to restore relationships that the devil's tried to ruin. We believe that God is a restorer, God is a healer, God is a redeemer. God will absolutely bring and heal the broken ruins of lives. So, man, we believe in it. We love you guys so much. Man, thank you. Thank you for being here. Michelle and I are so grateful. Thank you again. Let me say it again for last weekend for cards and letters and all the love that we received for 25 years of ministry. And, and listen, we're so grateful. It has been one of the greatest privileges of our life to get to be a part of this. We believe the first 25 has been great. Next 25 is going to get more better. Come on, somebody. The glory of God. Revival. Bristol Watch Party, we love you guys. Tabitha and Pastor Stephen, we love you. Man, we're excited you're there. That launch is going to be, it's going to be here before we know it. Uh, Farragut rocking. Man, we just welcome our campuses this weekend online, in person, even if you're listening later. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to continue the journey of fresh wind and revival. I want God to blow our minds. Are y'all with me? Come on. I want God to do so. We've we just felt led to continue this series. We had some stuff planned, and we're going to continue Fresh Wind for the next three weeks. And this weekend, we're going to see the key to revival. So all in God's favor, say aye. aye. And let's see what God has. Let me read a passage that is, without any doubt, no question, you're not to wonder, this is God's will for your life. Now, I love to tell people what God's will for the life is. It's just a gift of mine. But this is Bible, so it's not my opinion. It's the Word, and it's a biblical prayer, which you know. That's why I love to pray the Bible back to God, but biblical prayers we know are God's will. And in verse 16 of Ephesians 3, that he, God, would grant you according to the riches of his glory. And you may not know this, but God's glory and riches are limitless. There's no bottom to that well. It is, it is just forever. To be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. If you've got your Bible, that circle, underline, highlight. Why? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend, understand, and wrap your mind around with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge. And that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God, which is more than we can fathom. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, we love to quote verse 20. And God will do exceedingly abundantly. I quote it all the time, what you guys think or imagine. And what we believe is that's my stuff, what I want that God's going to give me more. But a text out of context is a pretext. Beware of stacking up verses to make them say what you want them to say 
We don't worship the God of our imagination. We worship the God of the book. Are y'all with me? And so in context, he'll do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think or imagine is about you being strengthened in the inner man, in your spirit. That's what God is leveling and wants us to walk in. And I'm going to make you a promise. If you'll get this message, your life will never be the same. Matter of fact, this is, I've put together thousands of sermons, you can imagine, on almost 40 years. But if I've ever done a sermon and finished look at it and said, God, they're not going to do this. It's this one. I just finished it and said, God, listen, I'm going to preach this. This is your truth. But if you don't do a miracle, if you don't open people's eyes, they can't do what we're going to talk about because it's so opposed to, our, to, to how we live in this world. Now, if you missed last weekend, I go back and check it, check it out. My spiritual father and, and, uh, and mentor, John Maxwell, preached an incredible message last weekend. Was that not off the chain? It's great. And John asked a question that I want us to answer. And the question was this, are you bigger on the inside than you are on the outside? Now, what we do is we look on the outside because we're looking at performance and performers and we really don't care about the inside. Does that make sense? But, this, but, but God said, and his will for you is to be strengthened in the inner man and we focus on the outer man. So if we want Ephesians 3.20 exceedingly abundantly above all we, then we need to be strengthened in the inner man, which is the will of God. Does that make sense? Are y'all with me? So if you're a note taker, we're going to stack out some scriptures. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians, and we're going to see what the key to revival is. The key to a mighty move of God. And let me just go ahead and tell you the problem first. So if you're ready, say, I'm ready. <clears throat> the problem is, we're far more comfortable in the physical realm, what I can see, hear, smell, touch, and taste, than we are in the spiritual realm. And because we're comfortable in the physical realm, that's where we want to spend our time. We don't want to go where we're not comfortable. And as John said last week, in everything that you want in life is outside of your comfort zone. And it's so true. Now, we are commanded to be strengthened in the, in the spirit man in Ephesians 3.16, the, the voice of that of that sentence is imperative. It is a command. Now the prophet Samuel said this, man looks on thee while God looks on thee. See, again, we care about the outside. The reason you watch performers and performances, you watch people crash and burn, is because they're bigger on the outside than they are on the inside. Because we, have, we live in a culture that doesn't care about the inside. Values don't matter. Integrity doesn't matter anymore. Are you with me? Doesn't matter. So we're small on the inside, and we can't maintain that. We also look on the outside because of this. We truly believe that everything we want in life is outside. Bigger house, a faster car, more square feet, more money, uh, more influence, more guns, more purses, more, more. See, if I could just get more out here, it would feel where I'm empty at in here. Listen, and we believe it because we practice it. But if you go to Solomon, the wealthiest, wisest man that ever lived, he said, I got more than anybody's ever had on the planet. And it's vanity, it's chasing wind, it's not jack, it is not worth it. The wisest man. But so everything that we want is actually on the inside. So we've been for the last month in search of the wind of God, in search of revival. 
which the, the Hebrew word is ruach, which means the breath of God, we are asking God to fill our sails with his breath. Now, we know that we're commanded to be filled with the Spirit, but the second, being strengthened in the inner man, is something we don't consider as much. Ephesians 5.18, don't be drunk with wine, for that's dissipation. Don't be controlled by an outward substance or source, but be filled with the Spirit, which means to be controlled, to yield, and to be led by the Holy Spirit. Now, here's, here's the problem. There are two winds blowing in our hearts. They're crosswinds. If you get a ship in a crosswind, it's in a dangerous position. So we've got these two winds. We've got one wind that's always been there. We were born with it. It's our flesh. It's our old nature. And if you got saved like I did a little later, you know that wind of the flesh. If you got saved at seven where the worst thing you ever did was smoke an orange crayon, this is, <laughs> this is a little more difficult to grasp. But because I had walked in the flesh, and listen, the wind of the flesh is blowing you to destruction. It's blowing you to the rocks. It's blowing you to the sandbar. It's blowing you, Jesus said, to destruction, to theft, to being robbed. Now, when you're born again, when you meet Jesus, the Spirit of God comes in, and now I've got a new wind, the Ruach, the breath of God that's in me, and it's blowing me to life, to purpose, to victory, to anointing, to miracles, to a purpose and a peace that passes all understanding. And what we have is this crosswind that's, that's in us. It is so clear. Romans chapter 7 is clear all through. And what most believers do is refuse to recognize or deal with the crosswinds in their life, which means that we live in a peril of being shipwrecked and we live substandard to what Jesus bought us on the cross. So we're missing out on what we can have because we're not, we're not watching what wind, what wind wins in the battle. We also miss the favor of God, our theme for this year. It's your favor. May the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and confirm the work of our hands as confirm the work of our hands. We're missing it because we're just being content to be tossed whichever way the wind blows us. Are you with me? Come on, do you think on Monday morning when you're at work or you're taking the kids to school and you're running the rat race, are you thinking which wind is blowing in my heart? Or are you thinking, how long is the stinking line going to be at the elementary school? <laughs> and is so-and-so going to be at work today and am I going to have a horrible day today? Or, does this make sense? It's where our focus is. And what Jesus wants us to do is join with him and allow the breath so, to fill us ourselves so that we won't miss revival and the impact and the influence that God wants us to have at Faith Promise and on the entire state and on the world. Now, if you're here this weekend and you've been thinking about spiritual wins, but it's never been much of you, part of you, we're thrilled that you're here. Because you're not sure who or what God is. You're not sure about the church. You're not even sure if this faith deal is actually even real or not. We're incredibly glad you're here this weekend. Because what you're going to get to see is what your life could be like if you surrender to Jesus and walk a New Testament biblical faith. Because it's going to make a difference. Is that right? Y'all with me? So again, Ephesians 3.16 says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. That's what the Bible says. And that's what most of us are missing. So let's go to 2 Corinthians 
to a letter that Paul writes to the church in Corinth, who was a church that did not care about the inside, they only cared about the outside. They were much bigger, they had more of the spiritual gifts than any church we read about. And so 2 Corinthians is saying, hey, you guys are focused on the outside, you need to turn on the inside. So in chapter two, verse 12, we pick it up, and this now, and Paul says, now we have, we have received not the spirit of this wor- the world, but the spirit who is from God so that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But a natural man does not understand or does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish to him, and he cannot understand them, for they are spiritually appraised. Now, for decades, I believe that verse was dealing with people that were lost, That's who, and I've come to realize, he's not talking to lost people, he's talking to Corinthian Christians. And what he's saying is that you Christians are walking so on the outside, you're so focused on the wrong thing that you're missing everything. You're about the world's wisdom, not heaven's wisdom. And he goes on in chapter three, it said, brethren, I could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as men of flesh, the natural man, as infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink and not solid food for you're not yet able to receive it and eat. You're still not ready to receive some steak. Come on, for you are still fleshly since there is jealousy and strife among you. Are you not fleshly? And are you not walking like mere men? And that's what John's whole message last weekend. Have we not walking in COVID like mere men? So he said, hey, the natural man doesn't understand. And then he goes on and said, I'm talking to you. You're natural. You're carnal. You're missing, so the natural and flesh are the same thing. Does this this make sense? So these vessels, these Corinthians, their bodies, these vessels of the Holy Spirit are not being driven by the Ruach of God to their purpose and the peace of God, but they're they're driven by the flesh and the more base desires because he continues on about the sin that's overrunning the Corinthian church. They're missing what Jesus bought on the cross. Jesus didn't buy you salvation to mark on a calendar and hope you might get through. He said, you're an overcomer. He said, you're more than victorious. You're the head and not the tail. I'm gonna bless you. He said, I'm gonna give you faith and joy. I'm taking away your pain and your shame. I'm gonna walk in victory and give you so much more. Now, again, I want you to realize that when you were born again, and the Spirit came in and took over. Are you with me? Are y'all with me? Come on. Your flesh, the old nature, has this self-defense mechanism in it. It wants to stay in control. So I was a drug dealer, dope addict, a sex fiend. And when I got saved and said, flesh, you don't get that anymore, the flesh said, I don't think so. And I would be, are you with me? tempted because the flesh wanted to get what it had always got. And I said, no, the spirit of God is going to be in control. And so there's the salvation. I mean, there's the war because the salvation, the spirit of God invaded and the spirit of God said, we're not doing that. And so the the flesh and the spirit, the crosswinds, they go to war. My question is this, who's winning the war in your heart right now? The flesh or the spirit, who will you surrender to? Who will you give control over this vessel? And I gotta tell you, sadly, too many saints have allowed the flesh to win the battle. 
They missed out on the victory in their life and the ministry they could have. Actually, Paul said, you guys are saved, but just barely. In 1 Corinthians 3, 13, look at what he says. Each man's work is going to become evident for the day. And he's talking about the Bema seat judgment of Jesus for every Christ follower. will show it because it's to be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work, which he has built on, remains, he's going to receive a reward. Hallelujah. But if any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet as through fire. Let me give you a 21st century translation, by the skin of your teeth. That's what he said. You're going to heaven, but you got no reward. You got in, but just barely as through fire. Everything you built your life on burned up. It was wood, hay, and stubble. You got no reward at the, at the marriage supper of the Lamb. You got nothing to lay at the feet of Jesus who laid down his life for you. Are y'all with me? Why? Because we've got a faulty focus because we've let the wind of the flesh blow us out of the will of God. You're a temple. The Bible says you're not your own. You're bought with a price. The Holy Spirit is in you. Do not let sin reign in your mortal flesh. Said, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. So where's your focus? <laughs> Who's ruling your heart? Where the Spirit is, there is victory. Amen. Where the Spirit is, there is liberty. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. You should know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's why Lucifer wants you out of the word of God so you won't be set free by the truth of the word of God, but you will still be captivated by the lies of Lucifer because you have not delved into the living word of the Most High God. Are you with me? So let's flip over to a second letter. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Come on. We're going to flip over to a second letter in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. Look what he says. I'm going to show you what your life could be like compared to what it is if you will open your heart up to what I'm talking about. Are you ready? If you're ready, say I'm ready. Verse 14. Verse 16, I mean. 2 Corinthians 4. Therefore, we don't lose heart, though our outer man is decaying. Now, if you're 18, you don't understand outer man decaying. If you're 61, you have glasses, you understand. Michelle and I live alone now. Hallelujah. <laughs> and we have to yell across the house because we can't hear each other. What'd you say? Ah, what was that? We get in the car and I say, baby, you remember our names. I remember where we're going. We got to divide and conquer. <laughs> so this, this outward man is decaying. Are you with me? Come on. It's just what it does. He said, but even though our outer man is decaying, we don't lose heart, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. I were being strengthened in the inner man. For a momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Now, this verse used to just mess me up. Because Paul said, this light and momentary affliction. Let me tell you what he's, what he's talking about. Being shipwrecked, 36 hours floating on a plank in the ocean. He's talking about being snake bit by a poisonous, by a poisonous ass which everybody waited to watch him die. He was beaten five times with rods. He, was, he received 39 lashes from the Jews, more times than he count. He was stoned multiple times. He was beaten. He was put in stocks. He was put in prison. His life for you and me would be a living You know what he said? Hey, it's a lot of momentary afflictions. We're encouraged. It's no big deal. Now, if you were living Paul's life, would you say light and momentary afflictions? Come on, don't act spiritual. 
you're whining and complaining and you can't compare to the tribulations Paul went through. And all you do is invite people to your black tie pity party because of how terrible you have it. Are you with me? So why is it that we have it so good complaining this guy that had it so bad didn't? I'm so glad you asked. Verse 18, while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen are temporal, temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Come on, guys. Paul's focus was on heaven. It was on the spirit. It was on the inner man. His focus was on that which is eternal, not temporal. So come on, look up here. Look, don't slip away. Come on, no, no, no. No, you're trying to think about lunch. Stop it. When all hell breaks loose in your life, when the pain and problems enter, where's your focus? Pain and problems. Is it on the power of God or is it on the problems of this world? Is it on revival in you and through you or is it about reacting in your best interest? Is it a burden for souls far from God or about being too busy to be bothered or burdened? Is it about making a difference or your indifference toward forever? Is it on everyday life in the seen or the eternal and that which is unseen? And I would say, my beloved friends and family, that our focus is squarely on what we can see and our pain and problems and we gripe and complain all the time and we tell God it's not fair and we tell God I don't understand it. Let me tell you about what is truly unfair. It is not what you're facing. It's that the perfect son of God climbed on a cross and shed his life so you could have salvation. You want to talk about unfair? That is the height of unfairness. And so come on. You've got to be strengthened in the inner man. You say, Chris, this is impossible. Well, it wasn't for Paul. It simply wasn't. So either God's lying or we're missing it. And since I believe the character of God is such that God cannot lie, I believe we're missing it. So how about us, faith promise? Do we put God first? Or are those just incredible slogans that we put on the four years at all of our campuses? Come on, if you're listening, say him. Who's challenging you to put God first? As we move into this fall, it's going to be fabulous. Who's challenging you to stay in the Bible reading plan? Which many of you have already punted, by the way. How does he know? I know. Jump back in there tomorrow. Don't try to catch up. Just get where we are tomorrow and finish the Bible with us. Who's challenging you in your personal growth plan? You know why I push and beg and cajole about Bible reading plan and personal growth plan to get in groups because it's about you being strengthened in the inner man, not focused on the outside. It's about you walking with people who want to run with you, who want to help you be strengthened on the inner man, and you help them. Who's gonna, how are we going to finish this race in the end of 2020? 2021, uh, 2020 sucked the life out of us. 2021 can be the life of God, but we got to run together. Are you with me? We got to run together. And so there's a QR code on the screen because if you're not in a small group, we're starting 800 small groups in September. You can be a part of one of those. If you've not been to a freedom group, please go to freedom group. Please go. If you've done freedom, then go do fire. If you've been to freedom, but you have not been in the Freedom Conference, go to the one in January. 
Because let me tell you what will happen. Not only will you get freed, but you'll learn to connect to your spirit man. By the way, do you know the Bible talks about a prayer line? But you know the prayer line which skips your mind and goes to your spirit? Hey, can I tell you something? If you got up in here, you'd say, I was whacked and jacked. It's a rat maze up in here. Am I the only one? So I want to take to my spirit, man. I trust it more than I trust my thinking. Is it, are, y'all, are y'all okay? So hit that QR code. Because one of our bases, we grow together just like Jesus, his followers, met together and they grew together. You need help battling these crosswinds of the flesh and the spirit. Come on, if you want revival, we've got to, we've got to be filled with the Ruach. Come on, if you're listening, say, I am. Who's helping you? We're just going to, we're going to grow together. We're going to, we're going to walk in it. We're going to do this thing together. The Holy Spirit said, all through the book of Acts, we see, and the Spirit said, remember the Spirit is easily quenched or easily grieved. And so when we, when we grow callous on the inside, the Spirit of God speaks, and listen, we don't obey. Have we all done it? The problem is we've done it, we've done it for a long time. Hey, I know I should serve, but I just, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to. And then the Spirit of God quit speaking to you. You got a little callous. And then you say, I should tithe. I know the Word of God teaches I should tithe. I should bring my tithe to the storehouse, but I can't, or I'm afraid, or I don't, or I don't want, or what. And the Spirit of God speaks, and He speaks, and then He quits speaking, and you get another callous. And some of us have learned to live in disobedience to the point that we're callous, and we can't hear the Spirit of God anymore. And we need a move of God. Jesus told disciples, I'm leaving. They pitched a fit. He said, you guys don't understand. It's better that I go. I'm going to die and pay for your sins, and then I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He's going to be with you. He said, listen, I'm hanging with you. He's going to be in you. I'm talking to you. He's going to be talking through you. He's going to be the power. He's going to be the counselor. He's going to be the one to walk with you. He's going to be the one to convict. He's going to be the one to give you joy beyond all words. He's going to give you peace that passes all understanding. He's going to strengthen you in the inner man. He is going to be where your focus is, not on the outward, not on who's in the White House or what the stock market's doing. I want to know what heaven's doing because it's going to last forever. If I can be so real, most of our problem is cerebral. We can't get of our own thinking. Pastor, a friend of mine told me a story that one of his church members, the lady was, they were getting ready to go to the mission field, and the lady went to the store, pulled out in front of a truck, and the truck T-boned her, killed her immediately. The neighbor went in and said, hey, you can't go outside. You're going to hear saints, don't go outside because your wife's already gone. Don't go out there. He called my friend, a mentor of mine. He said, hey, my wife was just killed. And this is what he said. This is what he said. Don't start thinking. Get out of your mind. Because see, in his mind was it was his fault. I sent her to the store. In his mind, why would God do that? We were going to the Mitchellville tomorrow. In our mind, are y'all with me? Does this make sense? He said, whatever you do, stay in your spirit. Don't get in your mind. But most of us have spent our life in our mind, not in our spirits. Does this make sense? And so, man, we've got to walk in the inner man, not the outer man. The outer man is temporal. The, the natural, the man who thinks with his mind and not with his spirit doesn't understand the things of the spirit. They're foolish to him, for they are spiritually appraised. Inner man, it matters more, the core, where and who and what you are. Come on. God, open us up. Lord, we, 
we just can't do this. We're, we're, we're dust. We, but we're dust with your life in us. And so, God, would you, would you open our hearts? Would you, would you help us, God, get out of our heads and into the spirit that you quickened when we were saved? So I'm, ask, I'm gonna ask all the campus pastors for you guys to come on out. Because there's some people that really wanna walk this, but they can't walk this because the spirit of God's not in them. Does that make sense? If, you, if, if you're not a part of Christ, then you're no part of the spirit. And the spirit is waiting right now to invade some hearts.